The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Sunday night of week 11. It is November 17th. It is crunch time. This was a big week, and I hope it went well for you. Welcome to the show, Fantasy Football Today. Adam Azer with Dave Richard. Hey, Dave. What's going on, Adam? Oh, come you on. Happy? Give me more. You happy? No. You happy with how the fantasy week went for you, buddy, or what? No, not really. You know, you're, yeah, you're, you cru- shouldn't be. you're crushing me in a couple of leagues, but I think I probably would have beaten you if I had started Garoppolo, so big mistake there. Heath, you said before the show, this is Heath Cummings, uh, that you are as, in as good of a mood as you've been in a long time, something like that. What's up? Uh, I think I said it's the best I've felt in months. It's probably because I did a radio show with you last night. I get to do a podcast with you tonight. And the more sp- time I spend with you, the better I feel, Adam. Oh, thank Aww. you, man. The radio show was great last night. Um, I reiterated my bold prediction that Kalen Balaj would have 60 yards and a touchdown. I actually meant to say six yards and a touchdown. And I almost <laughs> nailed it. Uh, before we get into fantasy, real quick, buy or sell, the Baltimore Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl. My wife actually had a student ask her in class earlier this week, who does your husband think is going to win the Super Bowl? And I hadn't really thought about it. I thought about it a little bit. I said, Ravens over Seahawks. So that was my pick before this game, and that's my pick now. If I could change my my Super Bowl prediction from Saints Chargers to Saints Ravens, I would. Okay. Yeah, I don't think the Chargers are. They're a very complete team. They're going to be very tough to beat. Well, we're going to get into the best of Week 11, the winners, the losers. We'll look at that Redskins running back situation. We'll look at the Cardinals running back situation. It was all Kenyon Drake today. Josh Allen had a huge game. Is this the last good game Josh Allen's going to have for you? Before we get into the best of Week 11, I just want to say thank you. you. A sincere thank you to the Cardinals for that last play of the game. Because that 49ers (laughs) DST touchdown could be huge for us. So thank you very much to the Cardinals. I'm fearing uh, a, a scoring reversal or something, like they're going to review it, and, and t- it turns out, oh, somebody was down or something. Nope. But right nope. now— those points are going to stand. Okay, well, then thank points you. They don't stand. change the score of games after the game. From one great song to another— Well, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Nice job using an NBC song. What? No. Oh, oh, Golden Girls is NBC? Come on. I don't know. I'm not that as old as you. I don't know. <laughs> Dave's doing karate. Looking good, man. He knocked something over. He knocked over his water bottle. Wow. You're the worst, Dave. You're the worst. Okay. Dave left. So that was amazing. Is is anybody still listening? (laughs) Can you hear me? Hello? If you're watching on YouTube.com slash Fantasy Football Today, you saw Dave knock over his glass, spill something, and leave the studio. But for now... Heath and I are going to talk about the best of Week 11. Three quarterbacks are not all the highest scorers, but they're among the highest scorers. Lamar Jackson is number one, 40 fantasy points. Uh, That's three straight games with 30 or more fantasy points. Number one quarterback in fantasy. He's unbelievable, Heath. And Josh Allen and Sam Darnold are the other two I want to talk about. Uh, You know, we get bogged down talking about Lamar Jackson. You have anything to say here? Oh, Dave's back from punishment. Uh, Anything to say about Lamar? Like, I, I felt like throughout the summer, there were times there was a little too much hyperbole on our podcast from either Jamie or myself about how Lamar Jackson was going to throw for 3,000 yards and rush for 1,000 or Lamar Jackson was going to break fantasy scoring at quarterback and all this stuff. And it happened. Like uh, we said, all he has to do is just improve as a passer like every other rookie quarterback seems to improve as a passer. He's made improvements as a passer and continues to dominate with his feet and does such a good job, too, of 
generally, not always, there was a couple times, there were a couple times in this game where I was wishing he would have gotten down faster, but he doesn't even take that many big hits. He just has, he's a little bit squirrely when he gets uh, close to contact and is able to slide off those big hits. He's been amazing. All right. So let's talk about the other guys. Let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about Dave's moment in history. That was great. But uh, also Josh Allen, Dave, 39 fantasy points, three, ru- three passing, one rushing touchdown at Miami. And he's been a really safe, solid quarterback. This is his first game with more than 25 fantasy points. Uh, and Sam Darnold. And I just feel like the story on Sam Darnold would be so much different right now if I, I've said it several times. That touchdown to Ryan Griffin was not overturned and then followed by an interception. We'll be talking about three straight good games for Darnold, but this was a great one. It really one. would be, yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a tale of it's two stories here. Allen's been good all year, but his schedule is about to get unfair. Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. Darnold's been pretty bad most of the year, but he's in the midst of this great stretch of schedule. He's got Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami coming up next. Uh, what do you think about these two, Allen and Darnold? I think that this is the best it's going to get for Josh Allen and people that used him should be happy with how, uh, how he did. It was really an incredible game. And there were so many times in the, in, in the matchup against Miami where he had all day to throw. It was, it, it almost makes you wonder what happened to the dolphins defense that showed up in Indianapolis last week. And maybe it had to do with Brian Hoyer, just being Brian Hoyer, but it, it's great for Josh Allen, but it's probably not going to be replicated again. That schedule coming up. It's miserable for him. I think you cut him. If you don't, if, if assuming that he's not your only quarterback and you really don't have a choice and the streaming options stink, I think you let him go because you're never going to feel confident going with him in any of these other matchups, including against the Broncos next week, even though the Broncos just made uh, Kirk Cousins and a come from behind effort look pretty good. And as for Sam Darnold, the matchups are going to be great, but fantasy managers are going to be nervous to trust him because it's the Jets. But New York's having a hard time running the football consistently. And so they almost don't have a choice. Their offense is running through Darnold right now. And with Griffin stepping up and Crowder being a a monster for three straight weeks, I I almost think that you look at Darnold as a uh, borderline fantasy starter as soon as next week when he takes on the Raiders. Crowder has now, I'll get the exact stat out, it's it's more than 70 yards in all but two games with Sam Darnold at quarterback. Uh, it's 76 or more yards in five of seven games with Sam Darnold at corner at quarterback for uh, for uh, Jameson Crowder. You know, Heath, there's a quarterback that I skipped over here, Dak Prescott, but also Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the, the, the top five just had huge games. Jackson, Allen, Prescott, Garoppolo, Darnold. But Garoppolo... 424 yards, four touchdowns, and most of the game, Emmanuel Sanders was out, or at least about half the game. So Debo has a huge game. No Kittle. He finds Dwelly for two touchdowns. You you can't help but notice for Garoppolo that his two best games were against the Cardinals. What do you think that means Hmm. going forward? I think the, the positive of this, Arizona pretty much took away the run. That's what San Francisco's wanted to do this year. And they were able to adapt, even without Emmanuel Sanders, even without George Kittle, and have success through the year. Now, doing that against the Cardinals and doing that against just about any other defense are a completely different story. But Garoppolo did take advantage of a fantastic matchup without his best weapons and looked very good. It's encouraging for the future if you find games on their schedule where you think they're going to have to throw. But I still think what they would prefer to do is run the football. Well, they got Green Bay and Baltimore in their next two games, and then New Orleans and then Atlanta. So their defense hasn't been quite as good. Maybe that means more throwing for Jimmy Garoppolo, who has thrown 37, 46, and 45 passes in his last three games. Dave, let's take a look at some of the top running backs. Not necessarily the best of the best. The best, like no Christian McCaffrey. But Mark Ingram's up there. Joe Mixon had another good game. Ingram... So Ingram is is barely barely getting over 50 rushing yards. I think it's four out of five games with less than 50 rushing yards, but he somehow caught two touchdowns today. And uh, Mixon, 15 carries, 86 yards, and a touchdown, one catch for 17 yards. Uh, these two guys, how confident are you in them going forward? I'd be more confident in them if I liked their matchups. And Ingram, especially if he started to get work like a running back of his caliber should, Remember, he's losing touches to Gus Edwards and Lamar Jackson. He's the one that's missing out on having a huge year because Lamar Jackson's taking rush attempts and the like away from him. 
Uh, you look at the schedule for the Ravens. They've got the Rams in L.A. next week. That's not going to be so easy for Ingram. And then San Francisco after that. Maybe he can score in those games. I don't want people to get too excited about Ingram because he caught two touchdown passes. It's just not a part of his game. He's barely a part of the passing game for the Ravens to begin with. He took advantage of a Texans defense that just looked bad from the jump in this game. And uh, two receiving touchdowns, catch and run type scores, they're not going to happen very often. Right. That's 52 or fewer yards in five of his last six games rushing. So, yeah, look, he's on the, t- the number one offense in football. He's going to have a higher touchdown rate than other running backs that get the same amount of touches. But, yeah, two two receiving touchdowns, his first two of the year. You might have gotten a little bit lucky there with, with Mark Ingram, who was started in 90% of leagues. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's, he, Dave, and now Mixon. Mixon, yeah. Mixon's the other one, and I'm looking up his play time from Week 11 right now because it trended up in Week 10. For a while there, he was right around 50% of the snaps. And then in week 10, he was at 75. And then week 11, the early percentage, it looks like is 62%. So even though the the Bengals were trailing from this one, he still had more than 50% of the snaps. That's a good thing. He's finding the end zone. That's a great thing. I still wish he was more involved in the passing game. He needs that element. And then he could really shoot up. Tough schedule ahead for Cincinnati, though. They've got Pittsburgh, then the Jets, then at Cleveland. Um do you feel like you're going to be able to? It's not going to be a cakewalk. Confidently start Joe Mixon. Probably just because I don't know if you can name 24 other running backs that you'd rather put ahead of him. Like, do you even put Tevin Coleman ahead of him anymore? I don't think you can. Yeah, he's been a huge disappointment. Wow. Yeah, that's just and that's just one of several examples. Yeah, can Sony you put Michelle. a Falcons running back? Right. Right. Can you put a Patriots running back ahead of him in non PPR? I don't think you can. And in yeah. PPR, it might be kind of close with James White. A Heath wide receivers that starred today among those were John Brown, DJ Chark. They both had over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley had 143 yards and a touchdown. Randall Cobb has uh, had three straight games with seven or eight targets, two straight games with 100 yards. He scored in this game at Detroit. Uh, so John Brown, DJ Chark, Calvin Ridley, Randall Cobb, anything big there? I know Chark's one of your winners. Yeah, we'll talk about Shark more in just a second because he is one of the winners. John Brown, I think you can just check him off the reg- regression checklist. We, I told you there was a big game coming for both him and DJ Moore. DJ Moore came very close to it with a couple of shots in the red zone this game, but Brown got it done in the end zone. He had had way too much production in the receiving game without enough touchdowns for that to last. It was but, going to even out at some point. It uh, did in this game. Let me ask because you know we just talked about Josh Allen's schedule, and obviously John Brown is the same one. Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, New England. Would you be trying to sell them if, if you still could, if they're, the trade deadline's not over? I still expect him to be a number two wide receiver, and even against difficult matchups, so I would have to get more than that. And I have a hard time believing you're going to find somebody that wants to give you more than a number two wide receiver value for him. Okay, guys, rank these three rest of season. John Brown, DJ Chark, Calvin Ridley. Shark is going to be number one for me. I'm, I, I was nervous what to expect from him coming into this game. I'm really pleased with what I saw. And I think it's going to be, it's a real close call between Ridley and Brown. And without looking at the Falcons schedule, I'd probably put Ridley two, Brown three, because I'm nervous about that schedule for the bills. Yeah. I'd, I'd put Brown right behind shark there. They are right there as number two wide receivers. And I don't think anything changed with Ridley this week. He's still a boomer bust wide receiver three that boomed this week. He's got Tampa Bay followed by new Orleans, followed by Carolina again at San Francisco, Jacksonville at home in week 16. So, I mean, it's okay. It's fine. He he's I, I when you say he, when you say that nothing changed with Calvin Ridley, that means that you're not feeling any more confident in him or that he's still the exact same guy as in he needs big plays in order for him to redeem himself for fantasy managers. Yeah, I don't. This this game didn't really make me feel any more confident in him moving forward. I mean, he got eight targets, and that's good. That's the third most he's had in a game this year. But he had a big day because he had some big plays, and he caught one hundred percent of his targets. That's not going to happen regularly. So I would still like. I still think he's a fine number three wide receiver, maybe a borderline number two in the right matchup. Probably in a borderline number two next week against Tampa Bay. But for the most part, I this. This type of performance is the type of performance Calvin Ridley is going to have once every three or four weeks. 
He's also going to have games where he catches four passes for 40 yards. Yeah, I, I just hope that he's a little more consistent now without Hooper for a month, without Mohamed Sanu, and without Devontae Freeman for probably at least one more week. So, you know, maybe that helps him going forward. The top tight ends, Ryan Griffin, Mark Andrews, Ross Dwelly. I mean, it, Dwelly had four catches, 14 yards, and two touchdowns. The The certainty of a tight end being good against the Cardinals is really mind-blowing. I mean, they are so bad. Kyle Rudolph had a big game. He's going into a bye, and Thielen probably back after the bye, just a guess. Uh, so I'll, we'll talk about him a little bit later. And Dawson Knox had a good game with 32 yards and a touchdown. And Zach Ertz, nine catches, 94 yards, did not score. But we expected a lot of targets with uh, with all the injuries, and he got them. All right, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get, obviously, to more of the standouts as we go along. Want to remind you to watch CBS Sports HQ, and you can see Fantasy Football today, Monday through Friday at noon Eastern, Sunday, 10 a.m. Eastern, and you can watch it on demand if you can't watch it live. So download the CBS Sports HQ app on your Apple TV, on your Roku, on your Amazon Fire, on your connected device. You know how to do it. Uh, and congratulations to Kevin in North Carolina, our Facebook contest this week to win that T-shirt, who will be a league winner. And this was obviously subjective, but I thought this was a good answer. Darius Geis. Okay, guys, can we talk about Geis and his potential to be a league winner? Did he get all the carries? Certainly not. Uh, he caught a 45-yard pass for a touchdown, or a catch and run, and he only had seven carries. But, you know, I, I just I come away from this game feeling like he's going to start getting more of the workload. I want to know if you agree. And, uh, you know... Solid game with that touchdown catch, and it's time to let hit. It's time to see what you got in Darius Geis. So I think it's a good call by Kevin uh, that Geis could be a league winner, and and the schedule is pretty damn good. What do you guys think? It like I think it makes sense if Washington is clearly showing they do not care about winning by playing Dwayne Haskins, that they would give Darius Geis a shot at the work. Now the question becomes: they're playing for nothing this year. They view him as a future, their future running back. Do they want to give him 20 touches per game when it doesn't mean anything and risk future injury? As far as a league winning running back, he does have the Packers, Eagles, and Giants in the fantasy playoffs. The only way I can see that is if we go back to the situation it was week one where Adrian Peterson is a healthy scratch and the veterans on the team did not seem to like that very much. I'm not sure Bill O'Callaghan's going to go that route, so I'll say no. I'm going to say no, too, because A, there, there will always be somebody else sharing the ball with Darius Geis. That makes it hard for him to get 15 <laughs> touches. And B, Washington is just going to trail in almost every single game that they're in. Mm-hmm. Well, um, look. They're, they're, they're messy. You guys are going to have to tell Kevin that we're taking the T-shirt back. Well, we could just we'll just we'll try to have a better judge next time. <laughs> you know, I was just I was down to Darius Geis and Joe Mixon, and uh, Mixon has a better chance of being a league winner. But Geis does have a better schedule because you said the playoff schedule, but the next two games are Detroit and Carolina, which are really nice. But all right, maybe he you can't helps win your league, league the next two weeks. Especially, you can't win your like, league the next could, two weeks. You're right. What if he's a league winner specifically because he has a big game against the Giants at home in Week 16? Does that mean he's technically right? Sure. League winner. Yeah, there you go. It's the week where you win leagues. There you go. So maybe I guess it depends on how many of his uh, fantasy managers make it to that championship game. We have to. True. We have to see more from Geis before we say, oh, he's a must start. Obviously, only eight touches in this game. Uh, the big news, Marlon Mack broke his hand. He may need surgery. Uh-oh. Who's the number one waiver wire priority, Dave? I think it's Jonathan Williams. Who would replace him? He replaced him today because Jordan Wilkins was inactive. And he did pretty well running against Jacksonville. And this Texans defense just got steamrolled by the Ravens in their run game. And I can't help but think that the Colts are going to go into this short week matchup and do the exact same thing they play on Thursday. So I think Jonathan Williams is probably going to be that guy that a lot of people um, grab off the waiver wire. But... In saying that, I don't know for sure if Jordan Wilkins is going to miss the game, so I'm not ready to make a call on him being, yes, you've got to make him the number one waiver ad, or you've got to spend whatever's left of your fab on him. Remember, we've already done that twice with other running backs on other teams. So it, let's let's be a little more, let's take a little bit more of a wait-and-see approach with the Colts running backs before we anoint Jonathan Williams. I, I don't necessarily agree with that just because we're at the time of the year now where like waiting and seeing it's it's already happened by the time you see it. 
But I do think there's a chance that the top waiver wire, or at least the most productive running back on the waiver wire next week, is a guy that came out of nowhere this week, and it's Bo Scarborough. <laughs> Could be him, too. Scarborough, I was yeah. impressed with Bo. They face Washington next week, and he had 14 or 15 carries in this game this week. Yeah. He looks like their number one running back just out of nowhere, and he didn't look bad running the football. I mean, compared no. to the other guys, yeah. he's amazing. He might man. be a uh, he might be a guy you're starting next week. Yeah, you've got to do your Prisco impersonation and say uh, you can just pick them out of anywhere. You can find them anywhere. Pick them up off the street. They grow on trees. It's running backs not are everywhere. True. It's just not true. But but Scarborough, he's got to face the Cowboys who drafted him and cut him. He's from Alabama. This was his first game, his first carries of his career, right? For Detroit. Yes. So in case you missed yeah, it, he played absolutely. for Detroit and he got most of the work. He got 14 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. He also set them up down near the goal line. Then I think he came off the field because it was after a long run. And if you're looking at an early look at the waiver wire, yeah, Bo Scarborough is going to be popular. J- uh, Jordan Wilkins, Naeem Hines will also be popular, uh, you know, so, and obviously Jonathan Williams as well. But Jeff Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll in this matchup against Washington. He's coming off a huge game. He was a top 10 quarterback. He's number seven right now with 31 fantasy points, and he can run the ball. So he might be a popular waiver wire yeah. ad. If Debo Samuel is available, he's 75% owned. That's got to be a big priority with Emmanuel Sanders once again leaving with an injury. Um, so those are some of the guys. I don't know if there's anyone else. Randall Cobb. Do you think Randall Cobb is a waiver wire priority? Yeah. Look, he, I mean, we say, uh, but he keeps on being involved in what the Cowboys are doing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at some point he's going to let you down. Maybe it's next week against the Patriots, but maybe not. That, that's a game Dallas is probably going to have to throw quite a bit in. And those little check down passes are probably going to be what Dak's going to have to settle for. I would just say that like he, he has been very good for two games in a row. But before that, you're looking at no more than 53 yards and no touchdowns for like six straight games. Yeah, I, I get tired of chasing people who had two good games in a row. It's like people who started Nick Boyle this week. It's a little frustrating, but it is seven or eight targets. But what about three the targets that he's had? Yeah, he's had at least seven targets, three, three straight games, six catches in each of the two previous games until this week. If you throw out the touchdowns, man, even still PPR the last three weeks, he's been all right. Okay. Uh, Ryan Griffin? there's something there. Is Ryan Griffin going to be a big priority? Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, he's at, he's done well. He has strung together some good games without Chris Herndon. And he's the number one tight end right now this week for the Jets, right. Ryan Griffin. Right. The one game against the Giants, everyone's going to look at and say what happened. That was the game that Chris Herndon came back for and then left. And Griffin just didn't get a lot of opportunities in that game. But the Jets are going to have a hard time running the football. Just I, I said it up earlier, so... Griffin's going to be involved in what they do. It makes sense for him to be involved in what they do. And yet, if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, he's got something like 16 PPR fantasy points now yes. three weeks in a row. He's getting it done. Yes. It's not pretty. But Thank God for PPR. Auden Tate was carted off in the fourth quarter. Uh, Jameis that Winston was scary. Hurt his, it was Unbelievably scary. scary. It was. Uh, Jameis Winston hurt his ankle late in the game, so don't know the situation there. Philip Dorsett left with a head injury. And the pass interference uh, review thing is ridiculous. Hopefully that was such a bad misuse of that, of, of not overturning the call or not, you know, making the call. You know what I'm trying to say. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. DeAndre Hopkins was clearly interfered with. They didn't call it and they didn't give it to him on review. That maybe they'll actually wisen up and start using it better going forward. Uh, some other injuries. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right tackle Lane Johnson left with a possible concussion. Buffalo offensive tackle Ty Inseki left with an ankle injury. Dallas right tackle Lyle Collins left in the fourth quarter. Minnesota became the first team in five years to win after trailing by 20 points or more at halftime. Over the past five seasons, teams were 0-99, including the postseason, in that situation. That's 20 or more points uh, at halftime. So how about that? First time in 100 games a team has done that, or 100 situations. And Josh Allen has thrown 163 passes without an an interception. Good for him. It's crazy. Winners and losers. Okay. Heath, you want to start with DJ Chark and also Kenyon Drake? Yeah, any concern that Nick Foles coming back was going to make D.D. Westbrook the favored target would put to bed pretty quickly. DJ Chark had a fantastic game, saw 15 targets 
against the Colts, turned it into eight catches for 104 yards and two touchdowns. He has a very good schedule. He gets the Titans in his next game. That's not great. But then Tampa Bay, the Chargers, the Raiders, and the Falcons to finish the fantasy season. Looks simpatico with Nick Foles, and I expect him <laughs> to be a high-end number two wide receiver. I'll tell you what. I, I didn't believe in Foles completely. I, I kind of wanted to wait a week to see what would happen? This was really the first time that we'd see Nick Foles play for Jacksonville because he got hurt so early in week one. And man, he, he, most of the time he looked great. There was the touchdown to Chark, the first one anyway, the pocket is collapsing on him. He's Joe cool, still fires a bullet to Chark. Chark's crossing the field. It's right on time. And he runs right into the end zone. So very impressive from Nick Foles. And Jacksonville, a very John DiFilippo-type game from them. We only saw nine rush attempts from the Jaguars. Weren't they supposed to be a run-heavy team? Yeah. And uh, they, they were a Nick Foles team. This is a good sign for him and for Chark. All right, Heath, what's your take on the Cardinals' backfield? You have Kenyon Drake as a winner. He was started in 59% of leagues. He was good in PPR, not so much in non-PPR. So it's uh, 79, uh, it's 80 total yards, pardon me, and six catches. But... Where was David Johnson? So Kenyon Drake a winner. I I just feel like we need to treat Kenyon Drake like the starting running back for the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to plan on him being like, obviously, you're not using him on his bye week this week. Coming back, he's got a very difficult schedule, but I think he's going to be right in that range of low end number two, high end number three, who's better in PPR on offense. It's probably going to move the ball, probably going to run a lot of plays. He'll catch some passes. David Johnson, I'm going to advise and do my best to hold him through his bye week. But if we get to week 13 and they play and he touches the ball like he did in this game, basically not at all. Yeah. Then you've got to just cut him. Like I'd like to hold him through the bye and see if they can figure some things out and find a role or a package for him. But it, it sure seems like they are just done with David Johnson. I, I almost hope that they just put him on IR or something like whatever's wrong with him. They make up an injury, whatever. And they just let Kenyon Drake do his thing. The worst thing that could happen is that David Johnson heals up during the bye week. And then they end up using, uh, Drake and David Johnson in timeshare. And don't forget about chase Edmonds. He's getting closer to coming back. He might be back after the bye. It could get messy with three running backs in Arizona each getting some touches. So I hope I, I wish that you were right. If I could make a wish, Heath, I would wish that Kenyon Drake would be the only running back worth a damn in Arizona. I'm just nervous that it's not going to end up shaking out that way. I just wish the Monstars would give David Johnson his powers back. <laughs> that's probably that's probably the second to last movie you saw in theaters. I know Uncle Drew was the last movie you saw in theaters, but Space Jam was probably before. Uncle that. Drew was great. Was it? Yeah. See, I'd take your you'll, word you'll for it. You'll have a good time watching Uncle Not Drew. Not Heath's. Yeah. Uncle Drew like was Uncle fantastic. Drew, no, he yeah. loved it. No, I loved it. It was fantastic. It was wonderful. And the second most recent movie I saw was the Will Ferrell basketball movie like from like a decade ago. <laughs> have you seen uh, The Sixth Man? Is that the one where like Marlon Wayans' ghost or something plays basketball? Right? We got to look no. into that. Yeah, that one. Go see that one. Uh Dave, no. your winners, I don't know if we need to talk about them. Ryan Griffin and Jonathan Williams. Did we cover them? We've already talked about it. We'll wait and see on Williams if, if he's the guy for the Colts. Hopefully, we'll have a better idea of that by Tuesday before waiver wires kick in. All right, so let's go to your losers then. Brian, oh, Brian Hill. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you got, you got 18 touches. Oh, you had 18? I have had 16 touches. Uh, whatever. Ah, we saw Kadri Allison score a touchdown. We saw Kenyon Barner score a touchdown. We saw Brian Hill have a touchdown called back. Yeah, yeah. But just not a uh, not the type of game that we thought he would have against the Carolina Panthers. And it's crazy because we can still say, hey, look at all these touchdowns the Panthers have given up now in their last four games or six games, six. whatever it is. 14 in their last six, something that, ridiculous. 15. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't wow. even care what the number is anymore because I'm not starting Brian Hill. It's it's unfortunate that he couldn't come through for everybody who needed him. A lot of people added him because they needed a running back who could sure. come through and he just could not get the job done. 
it's a big, big loss. And now who does Atlanta have coming up after this game? Tampa Bay. They've got Tampa Bay. And then New Orleans. And then New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who, if you, Tough matchup. If you can't beat a team that was giving up the second most fantasy points to running backs. Although I did tell everyone they were giving up the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. And he had one catch for eight yards. But still, he had 15 carries for 30 yards. So Hill's a loser. We don't trust him anymore. Zach Paschal is your other loser, Dave. Six targets, but only two catches for 17 yards. And eventually, T.Y. Hilton's going to come back, and that's going to relegate Paschal to a complimentary role. No one's going to use him in fantasy. If Hilton is not ready to go for the short week game against Houston, you can squeeze out one more week where you can feel okay using Paschal as a flex, certainly as a bi-week replacement. But his his time's almost up. Heath, let's take a look at your losers. OJ Howard and Adrian Peterson, are they droppable? Uh, once again, they are for the 11th time. OJ Howard, did you see the one target that he got? Yes. Yes. He, oh, he I threw, I would like to react to that. Into the hand of a defender? <laughs> yes. Was he trying to make a behind the back move around the defender? I don't I don't know what he was doing. I, yeah, know, he thought I don't he was think playing Bruce basketball. Arians cares what he was Cameron Brate had 14 targets in this game. Yeah, 14 hold, targets. Hold for on, Cameron I want to know. I want to know if OJ Howard got benched after that play because that would make sense. I'm going to look it up right. Well, now. whether he got benched or not, Jameis said, "I'm not throwing it to you anymore. I turn the ball off enough on myself. I don't need you doing it for me." Uh, and then Peterson obviously lost touches to Darius Geis. Geis is better than him. It's a terrible situation. You can't be good sharing the load, and he's probably going to get the worst side of that sharing. Peterson's out. Heath, you know who would love a behind-the-back pass? Marlon Wayans' character in The Sixth Man, which you should see. I was, I was. You've right made there. this movie up. It's pr- it's probably as bad as Moneyball. Uh, oh, it's wor- uh, Moneyball is awesome. The, uh, this is a terrible movie. It's a kids' movie, though. It's it's. Can really I interrupt bad. this amazing conversation about terrible basketball movies to yeah. tell you that O.J. Howard only played 17 snaps in the game, so he did have some snaps after the behind-the-back interception. I don't think he could do that again. Like, no, if you asked him to reenact that, I don't think I could. Well, I don't think I should reenact it after what happened with the mic and the water here. But <laughs> it, I mean, it's just it's it's curtains for OJ Howard, man. You're never. It's kind of like the Rams who have had two possessions and turned the ball over twice oh, on God. both of them. Hmm. Can you stop doing that? So on the same note as like you know production after something happened, you know Cameron Brate's production after OJ Howard or OJ Howard's production after the fumble. I just want to bring this up. Debo Samuel, 73% owned. I don't know exactly when Emmanuel Sanders got hurt, but the last time I saw Emmanuel Sanders in the game log, from that point on, Debo Samuel had five catches for 78 yards. Uh, He ended up with eight catches for 134, but a lot of it came after the injury, and again, no Kittle. So just remember that for Debo Samuel. Okay, let's move on here. And talk about, just give you a few more news and notes. Uh, DJ Moore, two end zone targets. One of them was caught by Desmond Trufant. One of them was incomplete. But that was cool. He got some end zone targets there. Um, Jameis Winston had a 50-yard pass called back. Uh, No, it was a 50-yard touchdown pass. It was ruled down at the one. So he almost had a a big game there. Uh, Atlanta pass rusher Tack McKinley left with an injury. Now that I think about it, did Jameis throw a touchdown to Peyton Barber after that ball to Scotty Miller was overturned? I think that might have been that possession. I don't um, Dwayne Haskins had a 67-yard pass to Terry McLaurin that was called back on a holding penalty. So mm-hmm. that could have been better for McLaurin. He would have had a pretty nice game. It was a great throw. Russell Gage dropped a touchdown. That pissed me off. Uh, Quentin Nelson almost scored a touchdown as a running back. He's a guard for the Colts. Uh, Washington defensive tackle Deron Payne left with an ankle injury. A pretty good IDP, uh, IDP player, Detroit safety Tracy Walker. He'd missed a few games. He came back. Did pretty well while he was in, but he left with an injury again. Three defensive backs for the Texans got hurt in this game. Just when they were starting to get healthy. One of them got hurt in pregame warmups. So they were without three defensive backs by the end of that game. Denver lost their fullback. Minnesota safety Harrison Smith left with an injury. Demarcus Lawrence got hurt, but that didn't seem to be too bad. And how about this? If we get a 17-game season, it's Jason Lock and Flora reporting this morning, the Super Bowl could be at the end of February. I don't want that to happen. Like, I like it where it is Isn't now. Isn't the Super Bowl at the end of February now? No, it's the first Sunday of February. No, it's the beginning of February. Silly. Beginning of February. Yeah, you're the worst. Okay. 
But that would that would be terrible if it was later in the same month. It's too it's too long. It's three weeks later. It, it's a short it's a short month though. It's too long. So beginning of the month, end of the month, it's basically two weeks apart. Three weeks. Like the animes are. It's too. Uh, I don't know what you just said there. Okay, are they must starts? Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray. No. Nope. What? Kyler Murray's not a must start. Twenty five or more fantasy points in like five. If of there's his last a must start games, on that list. I think it's Kirk Cousins because his schedule after the bye is at Seattle, Detroit, at the Chargers, Green Bay. And I better than Kyler Murray's schedule. I I agree. And that's why I think I think whatever's going on with Kirk Cousins, he's finally he, he looks like he's hitting the next level. Keep in mind that he's doing what he's been doing the past couple of weeks without Adam Thielen. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done it against Dallas and he's done it against Denver. Yeah, it's impressive. Mm -hmm. All right, Kyler Murray, 25 or more fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues in five of his last seven games, and that includes two games against the 49ers, but also Atlanta, Tampa Bay, and Cincinnati. He's got a bye and then the Rams. Uh, are these guys must-starts? Devontae Parker, Marvin Jones, and Cortland Sutton? Sutton is. Sutton is. Sutton made an unreal catch today, uh, and I think Parker deserves it too. Why not? He took on a tough defense in Buffalo and had 20 PPR points without scoring. Can you I take don't a look? see a defense I'm going to sit Parker against for the rest of the right. season, so I'll agree to Parker as well. Look at those matchups. I mean, Cleveland's, you know, they might be able to do well against him. They've got good corners. Um, and then it's the Eagles, who are playing a little bit better in the secondary. Weather was bad today in that Eagles Patriots game pretty windy Tony Romo was alluding to it but then the fantasy playoffs for Devontae Parker are the Jets the Giants and the Bengals that's awesome he's 80% owned uh Sutton yeah Sutton came through five catches 113 yards at Minnesota I don't know about Buffalo and the Chargers the next two weeks for Sutton but you think he's a must start matchup proof I'm just starting him yeah I think he's there he's impressive man he's really making some great plays let's do the drop-o-meter Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, 0 to 10 for Ryan and Brady. 0 for Matt Ryan. He faces Tampa Bay this week at home. Yep. So you're starting him. Don't drop him. Brady's got and Dallas at home. He's like a I I'd feel uncomfortable nine. dropping Brady. Oh, you're going to give Brady a 9? Nine? 9. I'm not dropping Brady. Heath, I'm not me, giving him a 9. A 5 maybe, <laughs> but not a 9. Let me let me sigh at you, Heath. Here's the thi- here's the most encouraging thing for Tom Brady. He's got to be among the league leaders in pass attempts. He is throw he threw 47 passes today. And he didn't play well, but like I said, the wind probably had to do with that. In fact, that's exactly what Tony Romo said. He said that was a factor. Um they they can't run the ball and Dallas might not be a great matchup, but Houston, Kansas City and Cincinnati after that, those are pretty nice for Brady. So I like his production's been pretty lousy. 15 or fewer fantasy points in 3 of his last 4 games. But, man, he throws a lot. I, I just wonder if there's, you know, regression coming. Fine. Six. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ronald Jones on the drop meter What a dud. F- six touches and 14 total yards. Oh, but he was the only running back that really got any carries, but he only got four of them. He ultimately fooled you. <laughs> yes. Eight catches oh. last week. Oh, he's turned over a new leaf. No, he hasn't. I thought he would have been able to get three or four grabs. But as soon as I saw Bruce Arians say that he was a work in progress, I knew that nothing was guaranteed with him. I knew it. Yeah. And who was in at the goal line? Peyton Barber was in at the goal line. Peyton, the beefcake Give a number, Dave. Drop-o-meter. He's still like a three on the drop-o-meter. Yeah. He's had too many good games to just completely drop, I'd say. But... He's a, he's like an eight on the sit meter that's for sure. Yeah. Marquise Brown on the drop meter Six. He's about His a schedule six. coming up. It's yeah. not very good at all. No, no, it isn't. I, I don't think I don't think you'll have any reason to feel confident starting him. He's he's like a the boom bus flex tag that we put on guys. That's what he he's is. The he's the Will Fuller. He's Deshaun Mike Jackson. Williams. Yep. Sony yep. Michelle. What do you think? Sony Michelle zero to ten. There's going to be one game coming up here in December where he just has a monster game. Happens every year where a Patriots running back, just the, the, the game flow goes the right way, and he has six touchdowns. But you got to wait for it. 
I say he's like a three on the dropout meter. Could be his playoff schedule. Kansas City at Cincinnati and home against Buffalo. If yeah. he's still the lead running back, could be good. Uh, Terry McLovin, 91% owned, 58% started. He did have three catches for 69 yards, and he had a 50-yard catch called back uh, on a whole. On a like a penalty. 70-yard catch called back. It was somewhere was in between yeah. 50 and 70 yards. Two. I'd be more willing to drop him than some of the other guys that we've talked about because you're not going to feel. I thought this was encouraging. This was was encouraging about it. With it was he had 69 yards with Dwayne Haskins and had like a 67 67 yard catch called back. And that's the and so okay, I guess you're right because then he would have had over 130 total yards if the catch stood. Was such a fluky catch though. Like he's going to be. This is the problem with these air yards guys. That's what he's going to be. He's just going to hope and pray that he catches it. I'm not dropping him, but do you know when you want those air yards guys when they're playing the Lions, who he plays next week, or the Eagles or the Giants, who he plays in week 15 and 16? I think I'm going to sell him. I'm going to sell him to you. You can have Terry McLaurin. Sell him. Send yeah. me an offer. You're only going to get Let's a bench it. player for him. He's not. I think people might get upset that you're trading since you're mathematically eliminated. I'm not but. mathematically eliminated. I'm gonna. I'm, I might make the playoffs in both of my McLovin leagues. All three of them, in fact. Jets at Washington. Speaking of which, let's go to the games. Heath, are you ready to believe it or not? I am getting ready to believe it or not. It takes me a second because now I can't prepare. I have to choose things that you've not talked about for the first 45 minutes of the show. I could do these but I am on the spot. like getting, right, It's so easy. I am getting ready and I am ready now. Would you like me to do them instead? No, I don't think anybody would like that. If we wanted that, then we would have that from the start. I believe that. Okay, believe it or not, for the Jets. Yeah, right now or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, believe it or not, there are not any Washington Redskins that you can trust on your fantasy roster. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe it. That's part of the reason yeah. why I hesitated to say that McLaurin is not a drop candidate. Yeah, I, I believe that too. I don't know that you can trust them. I think. You own McLaurin, and if you have to start him, you start him, but trust is not the word I would use. What do you think, Heath? Yeah, I, I wouldn't use the word trust either. I do think Terry McLaurin's going to be the best one, and I would guess from this point forward, looking at his schedule, that he is a top 30 wide receiver, but that's not someone that you can necessarily trust on a week-to-week basis. I do think I'll probably start him this week against the Lions. We've got one more week of buys. So you want to use him against Detroit? I get it. That's cool. I I think he could give you a 60 to 80 yard game. But after that, I don't know if you'll feel the need to go with McLaurin, given that you'll theoretically have all of your receivers available to you. All right. Believe it or not, Jamison Crowder is a top 24 wide receiver rest of season. I do not believe it. PPR, I believe it. Not sure you could have a much better schedule. Exactly. Exactly. Well, he's 80% owned. If he's available, you might want to get Jamison Crowder. Three straight games with 76 more he, yards and a touchdown. It, and if you're desperate for a wide receiver, I think his... I don't know if the price will be particularly high on him. I know the numbers have been great, but I don't... It, it'll cost you more than one bench player, but maybe you do a two-for-two two type deal to get Crowder on your team. There's such a good question that has to be asked right now. You know what it is, right? How many slices of pizza did I eat today? I ate four. I ate four. I, I had that. I think I doubled that. <laughs> uh, no. Who would you rather have rest of season, McLaurin or Crowder? Crowder. Crowder. Oh, I thought Heath was going to say McLaurin. Okay. Dallas. No, he's not stupid. Dallas 35, Detroit 27. Believe it or not, Ezekiel Elliott is not going to be a top 12 running back rest of season. No. Of course I don't believe that. I don't think I can believe that either. But The last two games, he has 92 yards rushing on 36 carries. Yeah. Now, he's had middling matchups. You look at his schedule for the rest of the season, it's not great. Oh, it's at excellent. New England next week, then he gets Buffalo. At Chicago, then the Rams. Next two games are great. The, I, I don't know that the next two games are great. Patriots and Bill. I, you know what? I, I don't care. He's Zeke. He gets... Usually about 20 carries. He hasn't been Zeke the last two but weeks. But he scores. He hasn't been top five. You're right. But he is scoring. This was his first multi-touchdown game of the year. 
But I, yeah, I, I believe wholeheartedly in Zeke. I just think the situation. It's almost as if he missed training camp because he was holding out. Ah, come something. on, we're eleven weeks in. Come on, he's that... still not. He, he's still not playing like Ezekiel Elliott, and he's losing targets to not one receiver, not two receivers, but three receivers but now. You don't believe it? You think he's a top? I think. Running back. I think the point of that is is maybe that like he's not playing like Ezekiel Elliott or. The Cowboys line is not the same line it's been the last two years, and we're seeing how much of it was a line and how much of it was Elliott. Well, Dak Prescott had a lot of nice things to say about his line today. He was talking about how much time he had, but aren't they missing their right guard right yes, now? Yes, they're missing their right guard, and, and Lyle Collins, their right tackle, right. got hurt in the game. I don't know what his status is. But the offensive line is clearly a huge part, fundamentally, of what the Cowboys do. And it would be it would be good for Zeke if those guys were all there. And I think that goes without saying. I'm I'm still waiting for that big 170 total yard three touchdown game from Ezekiel Elliott. And I thought there was a chance of that happening in uh, in week 11. It didn't happen. All right, let me give you one for the Lions. Believe it or not, as long as Matthew Stafford is out, which could be several more weeks, uh, could be the rest of the year. Yeah, as long as he is out, Marvin Jones is better than Kenny Galladay. I do not believe that. I can't believe that. He caught that. four passes for 43 yards today. He scored twice. Remember, yeah. the Cowboys... He was very fortunate on the second one. The Cowboys have not given up a touchdown to a wide receiver at home. I think this is now five or six on the road. Baltimore 41 and Houston 7, Heath. We need to stop doubting Carlos Hyde and just start him. <laughs> what a lucky play. I'll let Dave answer first, but... No, it was a lucky play. Yeah, I don't believe total, it. Total luck job. He's got the Colts on a short week this week, though, so I'm I'm going to buy into him as a number two running back. You look at it, and he's really been good in four of his last six games and acceptable in five of his last six games. Yep. Um, plenty of volume in most of those games except for this one, which makes sense because they were getting blown out, but he still found a way to break a long run and score a touchdown. Well, I think, I think when you Carlos Hyde's just a number two running back. Yeah. Well, when you uh, evaluate Carlos Hyde, you have to think about what the score is going to be because these are his carries in four losses: ten, twelve, twelve, nine. So, you know, are you going to be comfortable with a guy getting ten to twelve carries and probably not catching more than one pass? You know, it's a question you got to ask yourself. And they've got the Colts and then the Patriots, so they could lose their next two games. But I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this should be a good week for him, but. We'll get into that, obviously, on Thursday and Friday. Or no, it's, when is this game? Is Thursday. This Thursday You'll game? get into it on we'll Wednesday. We'll get into it on Wednesday. Uh, let's do a Ravens one. Man, what haven't we talked about? Mark Andrews is better than Zach Ertz rest of the season, believe it or not. Don't believe it. He only had four targets in this game. He made a big play. That's great. I'll take Ertz. It's not to say that he's a bad fantasy tight end. I no, think he's great. He's a must-start guy, but I agree. I think Ertz will have more volume. Colts 33, and uh, Jacksonville, what did they have, 13? 13. Okay. 33-13. Thanks for paying attention. I put three in the notes. <laughs> it wasn't that big of a blowout. 33-13. There we go. I corrected it. Heath? Nick Foles is a starting fantasy quarterback rest of season. I think you can stream him easily. Tennis at Tennessee next week? Um, probably. Certainly in the streaming conversation. And then Tampa after that, Bay after that, the Chargers after that, the Raiders after that, the Falcons after that. Just so you know, this is the second time now this has come up. The Chargers actually have not been a good matchup for passing games for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Great for running backs. But, we, you know, we talked about it with Chark and with Foles now. That's not. Yeah, but they'll, the they'll have like six injuries between and they might have Derwin, and now. They might have Derwin James back by then. So. Even even if they are a bad matchup, still, you're talking about Tampa Bay, Oakland, and Atlanta as three of his last four games, although the Falcons have the best defense in football all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, Heath, I believe it. You believe it? I believe it, too. I, 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 I believe it. I, uh, I believe in the system. I believe in the receivers he has around him, and I believe he's good enough to be a top-12 quarterback. Uh, all right, how about this? Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a starting fantasy quarterback going forward, believe it or not. I believe it. He, definitely two of the next three weeks against the Texans and Tampa Bay, and he'll probably will be at home against Tennessee as well. Stream City. Okay. 
Heath's next game is... Oh, by the way, do we know what happened with Jack Doyle? Was he just kind of like Cameron Brake the last couple weeks where he was hurt and didn't have any involvement because he did not have a target? No, don't know. No, no idea. I don't have an update. Okay. Uh, Saints I'll 34. check his snap count for you, though, Please. because I'm a nice guy. I would love that. Saints 34, Tampa Bay 17. Uh, believe it or not, <laughs> Ronald Jones is droppable. Oh, you mean the guy I put in the drop meter like right. 20 minutes ago, Heath? Yeah, kind of cover this. Hard to go with him as droppable. I, uh, well, Jack Doyle I, listen, played. Listen, he covers so much. Come on. Me? Doyle played yeah. 43 snaps. So played a lot, just didn't get a lot. It's tough Believe to it or not, Cameron Braid is actually a trustworthy tight end now. Not. I I kind of want to believe that he will because I feel like what O.J. Howard did in this game is the straw that breaks the camel's back, and they're just not going to use him. Jameis isn't going to trust him. Hey, and Cameron Brake could get some looks. Let's be real here. Even when O.J. Howard has been out, Cameron Braid has not been a reliable fantasy it's guy. It's true. He's had it's some true. games here and there, but this was incredible. Was 14 targets? That was uh, That was surprising. Yeah. What is that? Five yards almost, per target? Heath? Almost, That's not good. Almost 30 percent of Winston's uh, attempts. That's his target share. Almost thirty percent. All right, let's do one for the for the Saints. Believe it or not, unless you own Alvin Kamara, you should not own Latavius Murray. Oh, that's believable. I don't believe it. I was actually encouraged by how much he touched the ball. I was encouraged last week by the percentage of the touches that he got. This was a difficult matchup. I presume they have some easier matchups coming up against the run. But look at that. They've got the Carolina Panthers at home. I think I'm, he's, he's worth holding on to. He's, I, I, I think he's droppable if you don't have Alvin Kamara and, and you need to go and pick somebody up off the waiver wire. He's not a must drop. He's not even a spite drop, but if if he's your last bench guy, I think you can get away with dropping him. Try offering him to the Alvin Kamara owner first and see if you can make a deal. Uh, for Latavius Murray, he had 10 carries for 27 yards, two catches for five yards. He does get some work, you know, inside the 10. He just, you got to get lucky and hope he scores. But this was the, the most amount of touches that he had in a game with Kamara, these 12 touches. Adam? Yes. Can I offer a believe it or not for this game? Yes. I'll Jared Cook can. is a Jared Cook is a must start fantasy tight end. Oh, I believe it, baby. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean he had he had two targets in the game, so I don't know if you could feel <laughs> real comfortable with that. And he, you know, nice touchdown catch. It's four straight games with either a touchdown or seventy four yards for him. So I, I wouldn't call him must start, but he's start, certainly startable. Okay, that's fair. All right, Heath, let's go to our next game. Buffalo 37, Miami 20. Believe it or not, Devin Singletary is a flex at best rest of season. Oh, man. You're right. I believe it. (laughs) I mean, the schedule's tough. Schedule's tough. And I'm glad that he got the workload. Bill's coaches came through for us. They did the right thing by giving him 15 carries against the Dolphins. He got 75 yards. You can't complain about that. Wish he was even more involved in the passing game. Only one catch. Wish he had found the end zone. Do you believe it, Heath? Yeah, I, Singletary? I do, because I don't like the fact that... Yeah, I'm glad he got 16 touches in the game. I don't like the idea of a 16-13 split between him and Frank Gore. If there's 30 touches to go around to the running backs, I'd like to see him with 20-plus. Um, I, I think he'll have some good games, but it's a very difficult schedule. And I just don't have confidence he's going to get two-thirds of the touches. Believe it or not, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to win you fantasy leagues when he faces Philadelphia, the Jets, the Giants, and the Bengals in weeks 13 through 16. I think he can do it. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy, but name a game script that the Dolphins are going to have that isn't in his favor the rest of the season. I think I just named three of them. I, it's every game. <laughs> the jet, no, they no, can't that, run the ball. That's not it. Is Kalen Bel- oh, oh. Kalen yeah, Balaj averaged three point three feet per carry. <laughs> they don't have anybody. They don't have anybody, and I don't know why they keep going back to to Kalen Balaj. It's like the whole Taysom Hill thing in New Orleans. 
Like there, there must be a bet somewhere with Brian Flores about how many rush attempts Kalen Blige is going to have. Because two-thirds of the league would have this guy off the roster already. But not the Dolphins, not the Tankers. They're going to go with Kalen Balazs. And look, I think it just means a lot of passing for Ryan Fitzpatrick from here on out. And Balazs also had five catches, but only eight yards. <laughs> He's so bad. And Patrick Laird had six catches for Patrick Laird had six catches for fifty-one yards. So keep that in mind. Uh, so he threw for three hundred twenty-three yards, I think, in this game, Fitzpatrick. So that's two hundred and eighty or more yards in three of his last five games. And two of those three great games, or in terms of passing yards, were against the Bills. So you know, look, he's been a fantasy relevant guy, a starter, a streamer. In the past, it might actually be the case again. Uh, Heath, I'm sorry. Did I let you answer? Believe it or not, what? Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to win you <laughs> leagues. I do not I do not believe that, no. Okay. Atlanta 29, Carolina 3. Believe it or not, DJ Moore will be a top 12 wide receiver in PPR rest of season. He'll be close. He'll be close enough to where you don't have to second guess whether or not you start him anymore. Love the consistency. Wish he would catch some touchdowns, but I'm not complaining. I was very encouraged by the fact that he saw a couple targets in the end zone, and I love his target volume over the past five weeks now. He's been close to a top 12 wide receiver without touchdowns, and I still believe the game we saw from John Brown this week, there is one of those coming in the immediate future for DJ Moore, I believe it. Okay. It's not going to be next week against New Orleans, though. Just it could wanna, be. I, I just want to reflect on how... Like John Brown had? I don't know. How bad Kyle Allen was. He was, I mean, arguably the top streaming quarterback. I know Heath didn't have it that way. I, I don't remember, Dave, if you did. But Kyle Allen was awful. I did. And, and in this game, Brian, Brian Hill, the top streaming running back this week, they were total duds. Hill had a touchdown call back, as we mentioned. Kadri Allison had a, a short yardage rushing touchdown, so... I mean, Hill had chances, but uh, those two guys were really, really bad. And uh, consequently, Curtis Samuel was bad, too. Four catches for 25 yards on seven targets. And it's like, man, he's had three games with a lot of yards this year and two of them against the Bucks. So you have to wonder how much confidence you have in him. For the Falcons, believe it or not, Julio Jones is not a top 20 pick in next year's draft. Don't believe it. Not ready to believe that yet. But he I don't think he'll be a first rounder. Let me give you his 16 game pace before this game. 94 catches, 1406 yards, 7 touchdowns on 148 targets. Pretty good for almost any wide receiver, somewhat disappointing for Julio Jones. Um, but you look at his numbers from two seasons ago, they kind of look like that. 94 catches, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns. Similar to that, I think he only had three touchdowns, and then he erupted last year. All right, here we go. Minnesota 27, Denver 3, Heath. Uh, Den- Denver 23. There you go. Minnesota 27, Denver 23. Noah Fant is a starting tight end for the rest of the season. I think he just makes too many mistakes to confidently start him. Target share is nice, but... Everything else about him, it just it, it shows that he's still a little bit too raw for a rookie. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. Gonna, I just think I'm gonna even gonna with not believe it, even with the even with the mistakes that he made in this game, he was a top twelve tight end this week, and I believe he has been for the last his last three games. So I believe it. I guess it's somewhat of a low bar, isn't it? It's a very very low bar. You score ten fantasy points in any format, you are a top twelve tight end. All right. Yeah, you guys, you know, he he should have had it. He could have had a bigger game. He had he some, should have had some a plays game. that were kind of left on the field. Um, so Fant could have had a really big one here. He ends up with four catches, 60 yards on 11 targets. Uh, let, let's talk about Philip Lindsay here to stick with the Broncos because there was a report before the game that he was going to get a lot more work. They were going to start riding him, and he got two-thirds of the carries, 16 carries for 67 yards. Royce Freeman had eight carries for 31 yards. Unfortunately, they combined for just two catches. That has not been something that Brandon Allen has done, his throw to them, uh, Lindsey and Freeman. But, you know, Lindsey's been a pretty annoying, sort of begrudgingly start guy, at least for me. Uh, With that report and with what you saw today, do you have more confidence that Lindsey is closer to a must-start guy going forward? 
Yeah, I do. And you kind of saw it trend that way. It wasn't by a lot, but you could see it trending that way coming into the game. And they've got Buffalo next week, and I, I don't think we're ready to say that the Bills' run defense is back after what they did to the Dolphins. Um, I think Philip Lindsay's still worth starting, still a number two running back. Yeah, I feel about the same as I have all year. He's been a number two for me all year. I feel worse about Royce Freeman. Oh, yeah, right. That makes sense. Believe it or not, uh, Stefan Diggs, the party's over because Thielen's coming back. But couldn't Thielen uh, help him, though? Not really. <laughs> if you look at what what happened with Thielen and Diggs, I mean, he it was basically a ton of terrible games or some terrible games and some good games, which isn't too dissimilar I think to what's happened have- the last three weeks, right? Yeah, I think he will continue to have some really good games and some really terrible games. Okay. I.e. being up and down, frustrating, fantasy own. I kind of knew he was going to have a good game because I, I, it's been two years since he has had three bad games in a row. I knew he was facing Chris Harris, but I just felt like he was going well, guess to do what? well. He really only faced Chris Harris on like one target in the whole game. And he burned and it was him? A 54 he beat him on the touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, big game, guys. Um, is he, it, Kyle Rudolph or Noah Fant rest of season? Uh, Rudolph per game, Fant because he plays one more game. Fair enough. Moving on. San Francisco 30 and Arizona 26. Debo Samuel is a must-start wide receiver moving forward. If we find out that Emmanuel Sanders is going to miss time, or if George Kittle is going to be gone for another week, then the answer is yes. I believe it. Exactly. Third straight game. Third straight game with seven-plus targets. Second straight game with a ton of catches and yards. He's a really good player. Makes a couple of mistakes every week, but he's he's really, really good in the West Coast offense. Uh, would you rather have Debo Samuel or Christian Kirk rest of the season? Samuel. Kirk. Would you rather have Curtis Samuel or Debo Samuel rest of season? Uh, Curtis in non-PPR, Debo in PPR. I think if it's that close, you just go with with Debo anyway. Buy or sell, or believe it or not, Larry Fitzgerald is still worth owning. He's 85% owned. Larry Fitzgerald, he's still worth owning. He caught a touchdown today. Nope. Really? No, no, I wish he had five targets. Well, that's that's pretty good for him. The last two weeks, his target share has gone up, which is nice. But the the Cardinals are going to start. I, I think they're going to start trying to get more guys involved in the passing game, and it's going to cap his targets. Patriots and Eagles, New England seventeen, Patri- uh, Philadelphia ten. Believe it or not, there's really not a Patriot besides Julian Edelman. You can feel good about it on a week to week basis. Hmm. Yeah, I believe that. I think I kind of believe that. Yeah, this is bad. I have more faith in Brady than than you guys, but or than Heath anyway. But uh, yeah, I think I believe that. Man, I do think this offense him. will get better with Isaiah Wynn coming back to play left tackle. I think that's a right. huge add for them. It's a win-win. I ah. I don't think the Patriots' offense is going to be bad. I just have no idea on a given week which one of them is going to be fine like or okay even yeah um sony michelle's looked awful it'd be a lot easier if sony michelle would just disappear and we could have rex burkhead and james white splitting up the backfield and then they could both be used believe it or not what the hell jj <laughs> <laughs> what did you expect i honestly okay i you know never mind did you expect jj to come in and get Five to ten carries? You weren't going to start him, no. were you? No. Maybe uh, maybe five to ten carries. Did no, the Eagles sign he might, be, he might be on. He, they did. Yeah, it <laughs> actually happened. And guess what? They might cut him. Was um, he there today? I think so. I, did you see him? He didn't have a touch. I wasn't at the game, so no, I can't tell I, you. If well, I, I mean, I, like on TV, I didn't ever see him. He He did not play in the game. He was one of two Eagles who did not play in the game, the other one being backup quarterback Josh McCown. Truly an emergency-type situation for JHI, and it sounds like Jordan Howard's going to be back next week. 
And if that's the case, then Jay Ajayi is probably going to be a free agent again. Miles Sanders, you... Uh, I know, I know. Brutal. Yeah, what the hell? Um, do, do you guys still have faith in Miles Sanders? This this is a huge step back for that. You're, you're, I still feel like he's worth having on a fantasy roster, but it's. I, I think the Eagles, I think it's pretty clear at this point that A, they're a committee team at running back. It's never going to work out for Miles Sanders, at least not this year. And... Uh, and B, it's it's going to be really, really hard to trust him as a fantasy starter at any point moving forward. Okay, last game. Bengals and Raiders. Heath, 17-10 Raiders. Yeah. Believe it or not, yeah. <laughs> Hunter Renfro is a solid number three wide receiver. Uh, I'll believe it for one more week. I think once the bye weeks are over, it's going to be a little bit tougher to want to start him. You're not going to want to start him. You'll, you'll see him as eight to what do you have? 11 PPR points, eight to 11 PPR points. And I feel like when it comes to PPR, you should aim higher than that. Believe it or not, as a number three, that's very, uh, it's not bad. Yeah. He's a PPR only, right? For him. It has to for be. Renfro. I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Believe it or not, Tyler Boyd is droppable. I was so frustrated with, with how Boyd was used in this game and the fact that he only had three targets. I, I don't know what's going on, why they're trying to, or why they're not trying to get him the ball more often. It's, it's crazy to me. So I, I think we're getting to that point with him. I think in non PPR, we're there and in full PPR, you almost have to write this game off and hope he can bounce back next week and get you better than Hunter Renfro. Yeah, I'll say not. Yeah, I figured. Coming into the game, he was on pace. Tyler Boyd was on pace for 101 catches, 1,063 yards, and two touchdowns. That's hard to drop, but it hasn't been very good. With the new quarterback, although 6-for-62 on eight targets against Baltimore in Week 10 is not bad. Only one catch, no yards, three targets at Oakland on Sunday. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll come back on Monday, get you an injury update, and uh, talk about some of the big storylines in fantasy football. And then Tuesday, we got the waiver wire. For Dave, for Heath, I'm Adam. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.